Hey guys, welcome into the Bear With Us podcast. I'm Jack, a.k.a. Guy on the Right, still. And uh, that's Frank, a.k.a. Guy on the Left. Uh, this appreciate you guys hanging out with us for a little bit. Going to be talking. So, Frank, full disclosure, right? Last episode we ended it with, oh, yeah, we might do our QB rankings for the NFC. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, and then you and I completely forgot that the uh, schedule would be released. So uh, we decided let's push the quarterback conversation a little bit farther uh, and we will go ahead and, and talk a little schedule. But uh, before we get to that, Frank, ha- Frankie, how are we feeling so far? Um, feeling good, man. The weather seems like it's starting to turn for the better, which is great, even though this past weekend was atrocious. Yeah. Um, you know, it was Mother's Day, though. Fuck the mothers, right? Like, why? Why? Why would they, why should they get good weather? Listen. There's a whole a whole sect of our comment section that you just tapped into. All right, and they're Good. like, "Yeah, we need, absolutely." That too, we just need. To, oh, I thought you were saying on the flip end. I thought you were saying we have a large female demographic that was going to come for me. No, that's how we're no, going to get big, we Jack. We need to get canceled. Uh, <laughs> listen, that's how you we get canceled, and then we go on our podcast about how we got canceled. No, one. Well, yeah, exactly. We that's, go to Joe Rogan's the, comedy. Yeah, the Joe the Joe Rogan. That's how he's he's worked his his magic, but. Uh, Frankie, we do want to talk a little bit about the schedule. We got some dates, we got some teams, and I think it would, uh, I, I don't know if I want to do like a, uh, an overall record guess quite yet. Uh, I, I think it's just natural, you know, that's kind of naturally how the conversation will go. Um, because you know, it's, it's hard not to look ahead, but I mean, you know, we did this last year and I, I can't remember exactly how we thought the schedule would go. I don't think we, you or I, Either of us thought it would be a three-win season. Um, I think we picked six. No? Yeah. Seven, six? six? Eight, somewhere in that range feels feels about right. And and they were, kind of, to be fair, they were kind of on their way uh, until, you know, some of the injuries set in and, and things like that. But, you know, teams are, uh, people love looking ahead uh, to, you know, what teams are, you know, who's playing who when. Uh, Frank and I already have a problem with this schedule, which we've talked about numerous times. We'll obviously talk about it uh, again here. Um, and then I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the Bears have four prime primetime games. That is correct. Four. They have a a Monday Thursday night. They have a Thursday night game against the Commanders. It's just like. Okay, well, well, let's start at the beginning, and we'll, we'll yeah. go through it from there. Should we start with the preseason? No, well, preseason. Well, no, can can I? We'll, we'll probably repeat this later on in the off season, and like even during the preseason. Um, do we just quickly talk about what our expectations are? Uh, I mean, because yeah. for for oh, me, or. you know, really the only thing for me is the starters getting reps. It doesn't mean like full quarters, full halves, but I do think. That's the one thing that I learned from Nagy. And this is complete hindsight. This I wasn't bashing Nagy then. I really didn't mind. But because we went through that regime, I do truly think that preseason snaps are valuable. I think just getting that live action, getting that adrenaline going, going through the, you know, even the motions of things against a defense that's not your own, you know, coming off of camp and everything. I think there's value in that, Jack. Like I I know there's a risk of injury and everything, but I think the the value of, you know, three or four drives a game even for Justin Fields and some of the starters on offense, at least the first, at least week one, uh, potentially even week two, week three, I don't care about. But um, yeah, that's where I stand. Do you feel any differently? Or are you still on the Matt Nagy train? It's it's such a difficult conversation, in my opinion, only because 
you, because I, I, I do agree with you. I think there is some value in getting some reps in the preseason, but you do also like you want to avoid the unnecessary injuries or injuries as much as you possibly can until you know they they may pop up a little bit. Uh, you know, during the regular season, injuries are never good regardless, but you ideally would prefer them to happen in games that actually matter. So it's always a little bit tough. I think the way that they handled it, Matt Eberflus, I think the way that he handled it last year, I thought was really good, though. Um, so I would imagine they'll kind of continue. They, they don't seem like the type of team um, to really just sit out certain things. Um, now, granted, the, that that does not mean that, you know, Ryan Poles will be like, ah, oh, yeah, just, just have him out there, have Justin Fields out there all game or anything like that. I think they'll be smart about it because that is one of the things that we did learn about this coaching staff and this front office is they do tend to lean towards more of the smart way on how to handle things. Uh, so I, I, at this point, I, I say I would say I trust them to to make the correct decisions. Agreed. No, I totally agree. Um, I just I also selfishly just want to see a couple of reps, you know, DJ Moore, get him in there, see if Bellis can actually catch the ball, you know, well, small things. So one thing I did see that was interesting, Frank, and um, is that the Bears and the Colts will actually be holding joint practices. And that's not ultimately surprising, given the kind of the history between those two teams. But they do play each other um, in one of the uh, preseason games. They're going to Indianapolis in that week two game. Uh, but I just again, it's, it's it's interesting that a deal never materialized between those two franchises uh, for that number one overall pick. Uh, ultimately, I think. I, I really do think the Colts got the guy that they really wanted to get, given how Jim Irsay sort of talked about Anthony Richardson after that. And uh, yeah, it, it's just interesting that those two teams seem to kind of be interconnected at, at this point, especially now, you know, of course, in a time where I've abandoned them and just don't give two shits about that, that organization. So, yeah, I well, I mean, the interesting thing about it is by all accounts and, you know, and until we know, or, or until we hear different reports or confirmation from either party, what it sounded like is, based on the knowledge that some beat writers have, I think I, I, for both teams, is they chose to keep Michael Pittman and roll with whatever quarterback was going to be there, which wound up being Anthony Richardson over Bryce Young. So, you know, we'll see if that is uh, that was the right decision. But I think that would have gotten it done. A very similar deal, probably a less, like you knock one second off because it's you're not dropping all the way to nine. But right. Right. You know, very similar deal honest, with a veteran. I'd probably, I'd probably prefer DJ Moore to uh, I do too. Michael Pittman. Well, I just think the profile fits a little bit better with DJ Moore and, and this team than, than maybe Pittman. And that being said, I, I, I really like Michael Pittman, though. I do too. No, I, I agree with you. I think in terms of variety and building a wide receiver room, I think Moore is the better fit here. I don't know if he's the better receiver. There's, you know, more to come there. Michael Pittman's had a couple really good years. But um, it's just... That was some of the leverage that was created, though, is I can, if you don't do this deal with me right now for DJ, with DJ Moore involved, or Brian Burns, he was another name as well. I know they were sort of picking between a couple of different players, but I can make get take a lesser deal from the Colts. Who knows if, if Pittman was the actual kicker? Maybe it was an additional first or who? We're not in those negotiations, right. but again, that just sort of goes goes to what I think was a masterclass by Ryan Poles in, in selling that first overall pick. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree. And on the Colts end, I think it's really smart 
uh, I think that's a, a good team to want to have joint practices with, uh, specifically for your start, your, your franchise, future franchise quarterback, uh, just in the way that they play the game is obviously pretty similar. Um, and I think Anthony Richardson could learn a lot from Justin Fields in terms of how he's handled himself so far in the first couple of years he's been in the NFL. So I think it's smart all the way around. I like that teams kind of get together for that type of stuff. And again, I think it just makes sense given the history of those two teams, but Frankie, uh, let's go into the, the schedule proper, the, the regular season schedule, um, all 18 weeks of it. Uh, and we'll go ahead and get started with, uh, week one bears hosting the green Bay Packers. It's a three twenty five start. Um, man, I, I'm going to, I'm going to share my thoughts real quick, Frank, and then, and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you kind of weigh in as well. Out of anything, I think it bothers me the most that it's a 325 start. <laughs> like, like either make it Sunday night football or just make it a noon game, right? Like, I, I just, what is the draw here? Bears Packers? Like, it, there, there's no Aaron Rodgers. It's it's Jordan Love. Like, I, I just don't necessarily see the story outside of Bears Packers. I, I don't know why they're more of like a, a prime time-ish type of game. Yeah, I I just, you know, you you already know my angle, Jack, and people who've been with us for a few years. I just, it, just, it doesn't matter if it's Green Bay or not. This could have been Detroit. This could have been Minnesota. I don't like division games in the first, like, two or three weeks of the season. Because, again, like, you, you look at the way most teams are. Offensive lines take a couple weeks to gel, and you got new quarterbacks, potentially the Packers do. You know, they uh, the, the Bears have some new weapons. Like, you're not gelled as a team just yet. Um, and it's never to make like excuses because if the, if the bears win, you know, we're going to be happy. Just it doesn't matter what, you know, win is a win, no matter who it's against, but it's, these games are so important, man. You play these teams twice a year. I want both teams. And this isn't coming from a, just a bears perspective. Like I, I, I would rather play the Packers when they're at their best, the Vikings when they're at their best. I guess the counter argument to it is like, you know, by week eight, there may be injuries, but to me that like there's injuries you know, all throughout a year. Like, it can get hurt there in the preseason. That's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> that that's the yeah. only argument that I've heard that made any inkling of sense. But it's just like, ah, you know, especially they have a, new, a brand new quarterback. I know he's been there for a few years, but he hasn't had that many live reps. So, you have a guy that's going to be thrown in there against, I don't know. It, just, it feels it feels gross to me. Uh, it, it's, I don't like it. Well, and 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 so, like, if, if you know, if, if the Bears do end up winning that game, which... You know, we can get to our, our picks here in a second in terms of, you know, whether we think it's going to be a winnable game, you know, they're going to lose, whatever it may be. I just, like, that's not really a win that I would feel super, I mean, I, I would love to for the Bears to beat the Packers. Don't, don't get me wrong, any time, day of the week. But it's just like, that's not something that you can really, like, like Bears fans can't talk to Packers fans and be like, oh, yeah, we, you know, whooped your ass. And, you know, they, they, cause then they could easily say, like, oh, it's Jordan Love's first, you know, first start as like the official quarterback. You know, there's still things that are getting worked out. And the Packers could look much better, you know, week five, week six. And, and that win doesn't carry as much weight. Like that, that's kind of how I view that. And then again, sorry to like jump all the way ahead, but to be, to to play the Packers week one and then not again until week eighteen. That's that the other feels thing. Very yeah. weird to me. It does. It feels I, very. And neither te- neither game is is Sunday night. 
I mean, that one's to be uh, to be determined, but I would be very surprised if the Week 18 game in Green Bay becomes like a Sunday night game. I would. If, if the winner is going to make the playoffs, if this is a win-and-in situation, it's going to be oh sure Sunday Absolutely. night for sure. Bears-Packers, they're going to eat that up. But I don't see that being a scenario. That's I mean, may, maybe. Maybe. But Frank, do you think the Bears are going to win this game? It's Listen, I, I was going through the schedule. I didn't really put win-loss on any of them. To me, this is a winnable game. This isn't one that I'm going to be surprised if the Bears win. But again, things change by then. An mm-hmm. injury may happen in the preseason or at OTAs for, for either team, and I feel more confident either way. But on paper, I'm not petrified of, of the Packers right now. I think they're both comparable teams. I think the Bears have a better quarterback as it stands. Jordan Love has a chance to prove that he's you know better than a lot of people. I mean, he may be a fucking top five NFC quarterback for all we know. There's only three good quarterbacks in the whole conference. Um, but it's a, it's a winnable game for me. I like that, that framing of it, a, a winnable game, because you're right. I mean, strange things happen. There could be a giant rainstorm that happens, like like last year, and everybody, including us, picked the 49ers to come in and beat the Bears. And, uh, and well, no. No, we picked the Wait Bears. We both picked the Bears. <laughs> we did. We yeah, both picked right. the Bears, yeah. That's right. Not, not that's for right. the rainstorm. We didn't even know there was going to be one. No, no, we had no clue. But that's just because we were confident. But, uh, no, I, I don't think Frank or, or, and maybe I shouldn't speak for you, Frank, but I know for me, uh, I I think it's still a little too early for us to do our, are the Bears a playoff team? Are they not a playoff team type yep. thing? You know, we'll definitely get to that a little bit towards the beginning of preseason. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. I think this is a very winnable game. Honestly, Frank, the, the schedule makers did the Bears kind of a favor in terms of just how this schedule played out. There are a lot of winnable games. I, I feel like you can kind of squint your eyes and see the Bears kind of winning. Um, I, I I mean, it would be quite the uh, the kickoff to the true Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus regime if they start their second year of the rebuild with a with a win over the Packers at home. I agree. No, I, the, the game definitely means something, you know, but that's sort of why I sort of lean with you. That's what makes it week one feel meh. Yeah, like seven, I, do. I was I was taking a look. There's like seven divisional games outside it's, of the Bears Packers. It's stupid. Like I, I just don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. They're too important. You play these teams twice a year. They're important games. Um I hope both teams are healthy in week 18. And then, you know, you get to really, if one or both are playing for a wild card spot, that'd be phenomenal. But week one, it's hard to have any grand takeaways, right? Right. Teams are gelling, offensive lines are gelling, new players, potentially new coaches. It's just so much going on. But a a win would be a win. I'm not going to act like I I wouldn't be happy about it. Doesn't matter who they were playing week one, but just the fact that it's a division game. But yeah, winnable game for sure. And then the Bears go on the road for two straight weeks. They go uh, to Tampa Bay. That's a noon game, which I'm very happy about. Um, that'll that'll be a fun one, I think. And then uh, we'll and I'll just spoil it because I'm going to tell you the third week is is not going to be a winnable game. That's uh, in Kansas City, three twenty five game again. The Bears not you can't call it prime time, but it it is a a more important time like. Teams yep. will be focused on yep. Bears and Chiefs, uh, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, that being said, they're probably going to get their asses kicked by Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Uh, but let's talk about the Tampa Bay game first. Tampa Bay, they got Baker Mayfield battling it out with Kyle Trask. They've got some pretty good offensive weapons that you and I, for the offseason starter, we're talking about maybe Mike Evans, maybe Chris Godwin, maybe 
you know, looking there, they've got some interesting pieces on that defense. Like, is this a winnable game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I think so, yeah. It's, uh, again, I, I think we probably should have just started with saying, like, the NFC, in our eyes as it stands, is a very weak conference. Yeah. You know, we're, we're saying winnable games, and if, if they win every game that we look at right now and think is winnable, they may come away with 9, 10, 11 wins. And that doesn't mean they're an elite team. I think that's more of a reflection of the conference because if they were in the AFC and they were playing primarily AFC teams and, you know, pick a division, I, I wouldn't be as confident in saying that, you know, this game is winnable. Granted, the division that they're playing from the AFC is also kind of weak too, so I'm not like, I'm not scared of them either. But yeah, it's it's, it's one of those things where this is why I think I'm, I'm happy that Poles is relying more on the draft and building that way because I don't think he's ever going to jump out of body and be like, we're one piece away. Here's the chance to throw, you know, <laughs> right. three firsts for this version, you know, this era's Khalil Mack. Like, right. it's just, I don't think he's going to do that. I, 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 you know, so that does make me happy because there is a world, and this is getting way ahead, that maybe they win 10, 11 games, other teams retool in the NFC and it's a stronger conference, and all of a sudden the Bears are more of a 7-8 win team. You know what I mean? Like, so there, there's always that possibility. But yeah, I mean, I, again, another winnable game. I think you can break some of these down, especially this early, to quarterback. Right now, I trust Justin Fields more than I trust Jordan Love, and I trust him more than I trust Baker Mayfield. It yeah. is what it is. I, I like, you know, Tampa defensive head coach. They weren't a great defense last year, but they certainly weren't a bad one. But again, what is really an elite defense in by today's, you know, by today's standard? We saw Justin Fields do what he did to the Eagles. And that was right. an elite defense. It was one of the top five defenses in the league. Like, they, they still give up a lot of yards, these elite defenses today. So it's hard to say, like, on paper, oh, I'm, I'm terrified of a defense. Um, but, yeah, w- winnable game for me. Doesn't mean they're going to win it, but it's winnable. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think this uh, this should be a win for them. I'm not even going to say winnable. This this should be a win for them. Just just with the, the talent that the Bears should have on offense, I think overall, like you said, the quarterback position is, is huge for me. And I just don't trust – Baker Mayfield. And and this will be a really good test, I think, for the Bears defense. I think this will be their yep. first big test because you'll have, you know, Jalen Johnson matching up with uh yeah, Jalen Johnson matching up with Mike Evans. You'll have Kyler Gordon inside, maybe guarding like Chris Godwin, uh, or or just you know, Justin Gage. Like there's going to be Russell Gage. Justin Gage is a former Tennessee Titans wide receiver from a very long time. I didn't ago. even blink because I knew the name was familiar, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Russell Gage is the one I'm thinking of. But the the Tampa Bay has a has a pretty solid offensive unit, and uh, I think this could be a really good test for for the Bears defense. Uh, I just don't. Todd Bowles just yeah, he don't do anything. He just doesn't do it for me at all. I I agree. Um, I will. I think both weeks though, Jack, where we thought the defensive line did improve was the run defense. That's going to mm-hmm. be a huge test. I Aaron think both Jones. of these teams are going to be run first. Teams, AJ Dillon. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know who Tampa's second uh, running back is right now, but I, I, I'm very high on Rashad White. Uh, I liked him. I liked him as a rookie. I liked his landing spot. I liked what I saw from him uh, in games well, last year. They do too, because they didn't draft a they running did, back. Yep. I don't think. He, he is safe. Oh, Chase Edmonds is there. Oh, that's a nice little one, two punch. Rashad White, Chase Edmonds. Man, what happened to Chase Edmonds, man? He, 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 I, he, had I mean, a nice little season. Went to Miami. Got I mean, he, cut. He, went to Denver. He went to a system where running backs die. They have seven yeah. running backs every single year in that in that type of offense. So, um, I expect him to bounce back. I, I or at least as a third down pass catching back, he's very yeah. good at that. But yeah, that's going to be a huge test for the defensive line and the linebackers to see if they can do a little something to the run. Yeah. No, I I agree. Uh, and 
Bears fed some success playing in Tampa. And Frank, you, you made a point that I, I, I wanted to touch on real quick in regards to the schedule, you know, not looking as difficult, maybe 10 to 11 wins could potentially be possible. I mean, you, people wonder why the parody in the NFL is so great. I think a lot of it has to do with how they schedule, you know, the fourth place teams play the fourth place schedule. Um, so they're playing other teams that finished last in their division as yep. well. And maybe are in a, also a rebuild or maybe just lost one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, if not the greatest, depending on how you feel about Tom Brady. Uh, there, there's a lot of change there, right? So the, the Bears are playing a, an e easier, want to make this clear, easier schedule. Things change all the time. It looks easy on paper. You know, who knows how teams have improved? Who knows how things might gel a little bit? Um, that being said, looking at week three, I mean, there's, there's just, I, I would be, I would be shocked, shocked if the Bears went into Kansas City and walked away with a win. Frank, I'll tell you what. If, if Justin Fields is somehow able to pull off that win in Kansas City, I think that establishes him in the real, in like the MVP race. Yeah. And I've talked, I talked about it last year. I thought he should have been in the MVP race a little bit more. We talked, we had a little bit of conversation about that. He did finish, I think like ninth or something like that in, in MVP voting. So is what it is, but that could be a real statement game. You know, if they're, if they have two wins and they're going into Kansas city and they somehow walk away from it with a, with a W could be looking at this team a lot different. Yeah, I mean, it also depends on how they would pull it off. Like, if the defense just comes into their own and all of a sudden there's actually a pass rush and they win it that way, I don't know how... Um, how you're going to keep up with Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> well, no, not, not not even that. I just mean, like, how you know, if it's a for some crazy reason, like a 17-13 to 13 Bears win, that wouldn't make me feel as happy as if it was a shootout no. win and Justin, you know, put the team on his back. Um, but th this is the way... We're not there yet, obviously. So if the Bears steamroll Green Bay and Tampa, we may feel a little bit different, you know, a little hot in the pants going in there. But as it stands, that to me is a measuring stick game. This is not a winnable game right now. This to me is, you know, we talked how about... How far are you? How yeah. far away are you from the elite of the elite? 100%. How, and that goes from an individual level, from comparing Justin Fields to Patrick Mahomes. Granted, they're playing different defenses. So, you know, that is what it is. But at the end of the day, there is that pressure on Justin to keep up with Pat, right? Like, yeah. so... There, there's that aspect to it, but then we talked about from the defensive standpoint, how good is the secondary really? Kansas City ain't there to run the ball, baby. They got five runs and that's it. Patty's throwing the ball 60 times. How how good is the secondary really? This is their measuring stick game too. So it's going to be exciting. I, I can see anything from a double-digit Kansas City win to sort of what happened last year where you know the Bears stay close in a lot of these games and they lose by one score or they just, you know, a team starts pulling away late in the fourth. That seems to, you know, pro probably be... Where I lean right now, but yeah, that's that's not a winnable game for me as it stands. I think, uh, like like you said, it would be it would be an absolute statement game for for Justin Fields, and I, I do wonder how many if like let's just say in a world where the Bears do win this game, do Bears fans finally shut the fuck up about not drafting Patrick Mahomes? I I, I hope that narrative dies though. It's not like Mitch is still here. If Mitch was still here, I yeah. I would understand. Like it's it's over with. We've turned the page. Like this is a new chapter. That's not how we operate. That's not how us Bears fans operate. You know that, Frank. That's true. Um, that is true. <laughs> week four, uh, the start of October, Sunday, October 1st, at home against the Denver Broncos, a noon game. Like to see that uh, on CBS, which is weird. I feel like the Bears don't usually play on CBS. I feel, feel like they're usually a Fox team. 
Jackie, but have you noticed though? I that to me seems the it's starting to be like a thing of the past. Um, they gave a game to Peacock. There's they have like a divisional round game now. I mean, they're, the NFL is just saying like I. To be honest with you, this is what it feels like. I'm positive there's an actual strategy to it, but it's like, let's just see how much better we are than other leagues in this country. Let's I fucking don't. let's get let's give a team to you know. They're already they're on Amazon Prime, still doing crazy numbers. They yeah. obviously have had Fox, NBC, and in uh, ABC and or uh, I'm sorry, CBS and a chokehold. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck? They're gonna put shit on like Telemundo at this point and just see how what their numbers could be. Like it, it, it just seems like they're flaunting at this point is what, yeah. is what they're doing. No. I, I, I don't disagree. I know the Bears are, I think the first, yeah, the first three games are on Fox, the first the first three games of the season. So I do like that. Um, CBS just, I don't know why, I, I don't know why. I don't, I don't like, like the, pres- I don't like the presentation. It's like, it's more yeah. dull, isn't it? Agreed. Agreed. And they have Romo. So we, and we all know how Frank feels about Romo. I hope we get Greg Olson in some of these games. I would love you Greg know, Olson. I, yeah. I, well, wait, is he doing, is he Sunday night now? No. No, 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 he... no, 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 never mind. He's not even NBC. What am I talking about? Um, Frank, let's talk about the Broncos a little bit, because uh, I think this is a really interesting game because it's it's kind of like two faded teams kind of colliding a little bit. Obviously, the conversations uh, with the Bears potentially getting Russell Wilson, the Broncos actually went out and made it happen Uh and now it's Justin Fields against Russell Wilson. I, I think it's an interesting matchup. I do think that this is going to be a winnable game. However, this might be one of those games that's like, maybe like like you were just saying, seventeen to fourteen. Like this, this might be an ugly, an ugly game, an ugly affair, uh, an ugly affair. It could be. Yeah, I'm more intrigued this game. Because at this point, you would think Denver has their footing under them and they're starting to show you who they really are under Sean Payton. And, you know, was last year a fluke for Russ or, you know, were we right about him this whole time that he was a, a bum? Um, that's what I'm more intrigued about in that game. And, you know, I, they, they're, they've always been a very good defensive team. I, I feel like, you know, the same way that the national uh, sort of view of the Bears is like defensive, defense first, and that's just sort of what I think about the Broncos as well. They always seem to have a really good defense or at least like a top 10, top 15. Um, so this might be the real first test for the Bears offense, you know, in, in that type of game that you're talking about. Like they're, they're, they're going to be tested against Kansas City in a different way. Can you win a shootout? Kansas City's going to score points. Can Justin Fields and DJ Moore and Cole Komet and everybody, can they score some points? This one might be, can you sustain drives? You know, yeah. can you get the crucial third downs against a solid defense because I think this at to this point would probably be the best defense that they had played at least on paper right now um again winnable but I I I, as it stands right now trust Justin Fields more than I trust Russell Wilson Sean McVay is Sean McVay though man like like, yeah I the the, what we talked about last uh, Sean Sean Payton Payton, I'm sorry Sean Payton is Sean Payton and Sean McVay is also Sean, Sean McVay, McVay is also McVay. Sean McVay. You're correct. Sean McVay is not a Sean Payton. Have they ever been in the same room at the same time? That's a good point. I don't know. Well, they were in all in that picture of all the head coaches. So I suppose they were, um, <laughs> but the, uh, I, you, you have to, as it stands right now, give him the coaching edge, like pretty severely. Yeah. No, like, like, yeah. like what I'm saying is if we favor Justin Fields over Russell Wilson, even with having a, really bad year last year with Russell Wilson. It's probably not too much, just given Russell Wilson's track record, right? Like, he's had a whole career. We can just potentially chalk that up the last season up to changes and yada, yada. There's no world in which I'm favoring 
even remotely close Matt Eberflus right now or uh, ROC Lou Getze over Sean Payton. Sean Payton. There just is like they're, they're, that. That may even the balance, or even point. like tip tip it over to them. Yeah. It's a great point. It's a great point. And and I think that's something that might get a little bit lost when it comes to what Bears fans are really expecting when looking at this schedule. It's not just Justin Fields. It's not just the offense. It's Matt Eberflus. How can he control a game as the head coach? Yep. And that's, again, a lot of questions that I've had for uh, – have been have been thrown out there throughout the offseason and even during the season while it was going on. I, I A lot of questions need to be answered by Matt Eberflus this year. But I think this is a good, a good schedule, a good – four games to really kind of show what he's got because it's not super easy, right? It's not just the Texans. It's not just uh, the, the Panthers. Uh, I know I'm going to get shit for that, but oh, well, uh, that's how I feel. Um, you know, it's it's not the bottom feeder teams. There are some quality teams in here, um, you know, any way you sort of look at it. And, and I think it's a good opportunity for Matt Eberflus to really show why the Bears should believe in him as the head coach. Um, and, you know, part of that, I think is going to be how they perform in Washington week five, uh, Thursday night game, seven fifteen on the road. Um, Frank, I'm not going to lie to you. I, this, this feels like a game they're going to lose. I like, like, is it winnable? Yeah, obviously Sam Howell is dude. People are talking about Sam Howell the way <laughs> they just talked about Sam Ellinger, like just the, yeah. the, the, the past season. Like I, I don't, I just, maybe Sam Howell is better than I'm giving him credit for, but I, People are talking about him like it's was a he sure a fourth thing round pick, fifth round. I mean, fifth, fifth round, fifth round, okay. something like that. I mean, it's we, we know the track record for non-first round quarterbacks. I mean, there's a few exceptions, but yeah, yeah. It, it, given that matchup, I think you know, depending on how Sam Howell is playing, but even then, like, I don't know, man. Thursday night on the road, I just I don't feel confident in that. I feel like that's one that the Bears might lose. Potentially, I, 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 again, the, with the NFC being as weak as it is, and just knowing that football teams lose games that they shouldn't sometimes, you, yeah. you're looking at some of these games where it's like, on paper right now, I would favor the Bears, but who the fuck knows it's the NFL, Washington certainly being one of them. But the thing is, that's going to be another test. I don't think the, the commanders are going to have a, a bad defense. They're going to be a top five NFC defense. There's going to be a time to see, can you sustain drives? Can you establish the run? Can Justin Fields, that his pocket presence and, and awareness get higher? Is his quick game good? Because this is a game where I don't anticipate him having much time to throw, even with an improved offensive line. This, this is a team that gets after the quarterback. I know they didn't get him a lot of sacks last year, but they, gave, they got a lot of pressures on the quarterback last year. Um, yeah. So, yeah, th- th- that's one where they don't necessarily scare me because nothing like jumps off the page, but if Sam Howell is at least average, they have weapons. I, I-, I would swap wide receiver rooms with them. I think they have a better wide receiver room than us. Right, running backs are running backs. It is what it, like they they we very similar running back rooms, bit. but yeah, yeah in, I, in our previous episode, yeah, you I would take McLaurin and Dotson. I would take McLaurin yeah. and Dotson over uh, over what we have top two anyway. Speaking of which, that uh, that guy did a offensive line ranking, and the Bears finished. What was it like? Top twelve, top fourteen? Yeah, it was a little like egregious. Uh, he's he's. There's no way they're that. I mean, they can be. They have the potential yeah. to be. But, but on right paper, now. right now, though, you have to put them somewhere in the twenties at least, right? I mean, there's yeah. no. Late teens at the best. The twelve was crazy. Yeah, or yeah. whatever it ended but, up being. But they they were high. They were they were very high. Yeah, I mean w- w- Washington though. Getting back to them, winnable game. But again, it's like it's because not, a lot of these NFC teams aren't scary. We're not playing the Eagles. I would even like we're not playing the Cowboys this year. I, mean, I, I would favor that would be to me like a losable game. Like we're not playing the gauntlet of the NFC. There's only like four, maybe three good teams. Like so that does feel winnable. But again, it's like. 
what are the Bears going to be at that point? What is their identity at that point? What is Washington's defense going to be? What is Howell at that point? But on paper right now, I do think the Bears have the better overall offense because I think Justin Fields makes up for any, you know, if you think they have a better wide receiver room, a running back room, I think Fields makes up for that because he's a better quarterback than Sam Howell. But but on the flip side, the, the Washington Commanders have the much better defensive yes, line yes. than the Bears have at this point. At this point. Now, granted, maybe, maybe Jervon... Got it right. Jervon Dexter and Zach Pickens end up being just this incredible dynamic duo on the inside. And, you know, you're able to get as much as you can out of Trevis Gibson, as they like to say it on the TV. Uh, you know, and maybe Dominic Robinson takes an upste- a next step. Maybe they sign Yannick Ngakwe, right? Everybody seems to kind of be wanting that to happen, myself included. Uh, but, I mean, the, the commanders have a, a very, very good defensive line and one that they paid, uh, you know, put some assets into. So, I. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this will be a good, uh, probably the best test for the offensive line uh, throughout up to this point in the season. I, th- I agree. I think that's probably their their best test. Uh, moving on, we got another divisional game. Week six, Sunday at noon. It's over. Kirk Cousins, non-primetime game, Sunday at noon. Uh, it doesn't even matter that it's at, at home in Chicago. Dude, Kirk Cousins about to ball out for like 400 yards, 17 touchdowns. He just might, yeah. I will say, full disclosure here, I, and you know, matter of fact, I, I want to say this sort of in question form. I, I, am I shooting too low for the Bears this year, just to split with everyone in the division? Like, I, I would be happy Honestly, if they go 3-3. Three and three. High. Feels a no, little no, no. high for me. Well, no, that's fine, but I'm saying, would you be happy with 3-3? Three and three? That's how I should have... Oh, I listen, we... We've kind of talked about this, you and I, together uh, throughout the last couple years. And I think my viewpoint has really changed uh, in terms of how to look at the Bears. Because as we've kind of developed this podcast and taken deeper looks into how this team really should be operating, I've walked away with less importance put on how they're going to do record-wise versus how the team actually looks. Yep. Granted, that as the team continues to bet to get better, I expect to win games that they should win. You know, I, I absolutely, if, if they go three and three in the division, my, my question would be, okay, how did they get there? Right. Because we talked about it a ton last year. Sure. The offense might score, you know, the defense might hold, you know, they may win 12 to nine, but like, what did the offense do? How did Justin Fields develop? Who on the defense is developing? Or is it just one of those random weird wins that sometimes happens in the NFL as well? Um, I think three and three is reasonable. I think to be like excited about that. Uh, but again, you know, I, I, it all, it's, it's all about the context of how they did that. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. And I agree. But I'm under the impression that the Bears will be taking a step forward this year. They're not going to only win three games again unless there's a lot of injuries. Like, that would have to be Justin Fields being hurt pretty early. Um, and I just ultimately think they're going to split with everybody. I don't know which ones they'll win, but they still feel winnable to me. But these teams know each other intimately. That's just what division rivals, mm-hmm. that. that's what happens. So I, it, it's hard to expect, unless you're the Eagles, unless you're an elite team, you know, to expect to, to well, sweep anyone within your division. I'll tell you what, if you want to feel better about if you think this game is winnable or not, and they're going to split with the Vikings, week 12, it's a 7-15 game. That's a Monday night game. 
So if you want to feel there like the Bears is. might win one, there you go. There it is, yeah. <laughs> there you go. But it, I, I think if the Bears get swept by anyone, it might be Minnesota. It would most likely be Minnesota. I yeah. Agree with you. Yeah. Um, week seven, uh, they host the Raiders. Uh, that's a noon game, a nice little homecoming game for for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, man, it, it's hard not to see this game as winnable, just given where the Raiders probably will be at that point. I, I'm just it, it. It ultimately depends on how you believe, how much success you believe the 49ers should attribute to Jimmy Garoppolo versus Kyle Shanahan. Because I mean, if we're talking Kyle Shanahan versus uh, the the clown that's running the Raiders, you know, obviously give me Kyle Shanahan. I I might take Kyle Shanahan over over 31, 30 other coaches at this point. But I I don't know. I just it's it's hard for me to be a believer in Jimmy Garoppolo at this point and and kind of the direction of the Raiders. What what do you think? What do you how do you view this Raiders team? They're they're truly bottom of the barrel in my opinion. They they I mean they're just a team without an identity. You know, we sort of took a deep dive. I don't even know if we were talking about it on the podcast, but like say what you will about Josh McDaniel. I know there's a reason not to like him and and I get that. I'm not even coming from that angle, but I truly think every coach should have a chance to come in and sort of build their own program. He came in and was expected to win right away. Unless you're Sean Payton and you're coming, you have that track record, I, that to me is stupid. I think you have to build your own identity, draft, sort of start from fresh. It doesn't mean like tear everything down like the Bears have done, but come pretty close to it. Like actually get a retooling, and he didn't have a chance to do that at all. It was here's Devontae Adams, figured this shit out, with the shitty defense and like nothing else, and an injured Darren Waller. Like that was it. Um... With that said, the same way that you described this should be a win against Denver, I don't feel that strongly against Denver. I feel that way against Las Vegas, maybe even times two. This is a game that I will be highly disappointed that the if, if the Bears lose that game. Okay. I mean, the same way that we're talking about measuring sticks towards Kansas City, this is a chance to separate yourself from the bottom of the barrel, in my opinion. It's also a West Coast team playing a noon game at, at Central Time. So then... That, oh, yeah, that, you're, that you're, does... you're big on the locations and times, and you're usually right. My brain just doesn't even think... I know, I know, but there, there is something to it. I, I believe in that. I agree. Um, no, I, I agree. Then they go uh, to a, a Sunday night game, which is an interesting matchup to me. I'm not quite sure how this matchup came to be or why it's a Sunday night game, to be completely honest. The Chicago Bears at the Los Angeles Chargers. That's just a, like, what's the, what's the, what's the angle there? Frankie, like he, it's not even like, like, like if, if this was, if this was, and they're not playing, but if this was Chicago bears at Jacksonville Jaguars or probably Sunday night. So they'd probably flip it to be in Chicago, but that would make sense. Cause you got the Justin Fields, you got the Trevor right. Lawrence angle. Right. What's the, what's the angle with this game? I, I I'm not seeing it. I don't think there is one Jack, but can I just say, I haven't looked at all the primetime games games yet. I've really only looked at the Bears schedule. Um I hope that means that we're getting away from narrative based primetime matchups. It's something we've complained about a lot. So but I know that it happens so much that I know like both of us we've done them before. Like, what the hell even is the angle here? I hope that means <laughs> that that's starting to die down a little bit because yeah. I don't want there to be this weird forced narrative every single time that there's a primetime game. See now, now hold on because I'm looking at the week eight schedule right now, and you got Texans at Carolina. 
boom, right there. That's your that's your Sunday night, that's your Sunday night game right there. Yeah, but that I would expect I would expect the Chargers Bears to be a better game. Just, oh, it'll just, be a better game. Yeah, but I'm curious, like Frank, how? Because listen, I, I feel like there has been nobody down more on the Chargers that I've talked to personally than you. I feel like, and it's not it's not necessarily that you're like against them or anything like that. Like you don't root against them necessarily, but you have never really been a big believer in the chargers in what, you know, what they're working with there. Um, obviously the biggest change being now they have Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator, who I know you've been high on. I've been high on in the past as well. What do you think about this chargers team? Is this, uh, you know, in, in comparison to the Broncos and, and the Raiders, is this as winnable as those? No, I, I think this is the second most unwinnable game. I couldn't find a better way to word that behind Kansas City. Um, my, my angle with them, with my level of frustration is they're way too talented to lose the games that they do. So, I mean, this could be one of those games where the Bears just fucking pull it off because the Chargers charger. Um, you know, they all my life, they don't finish games. They've all my life they've had insane offensive talent and they put up good regular season numbers and they just can't figure out how to win in the playoffs or sometimes even get to the playoffs with a team that's way too talented to miss the playoffs. Um, that being said, I mean, it's it's week eight. Like, at that point, they should still be firing on all cylinders. The, the, the choke job has not started just yet. Um, with the new OC that I think will, you know, have that offense humming, again, that, that that's a test right there to see what this offense really is because we don't have an elite defense. We may not ever have one again if they continue to, to pour assets on, you know, and become a modern NFL team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Justin, how far can you take us? DJ, Claypool, Darnell, like, are you all ready for these types of games where, you know, Justin's dropping back 45 times, 50 times? So I expect that crowd to be heavily favored by Bears fans. Agreed. Which I think will really, really help. Uh, and that should just be a fun game. Maybe that was the angle all along. Was they yeah, were just maybe. looking for two yeah. young, explosive quarterbacks who can just kind of sling it around and, and run around a little bit uh, and create some some opportunities on offense to score points. Maybe maybe that's just it. Uh, can't wait for the transitions to deep dish pizzas and uh, talking about the the bean and uh, the Sears Tower and all that good stuff that those those goofballs like. Chris Collinsworth just just loved to do. Frankie, moving on from that game, that Sunday night game, then the following week you got the you're going to New Orleans. Not you. Well, you might be. I don't know. You're I could be, New yeah. Orleans? You don't know my fucking life. <laughs> Noon game again on CBS, just weird. Uh Derek Carr and the Saints, Frank. You know, I, I guess it really that that's kind of all it boils down to when it comes to the Saints. They still got Dennis Allen as their head coach. Uh I I wasn't super impressed by their offseason. I don't know. I feel like this could be a, a pretty winnable game for the Bears. It's it's winnable, but they quietly had a top 10 defense last year. Again, like defenses are hard to be scared mm-hmm. of even if they are top 10, but they stopped the run very well. I just, I don't know. That offense is so weird, man. Yeah. Like who, Chris Olave is phenomenal. We don't know if Michael Thomas can stay healthy. If you guarantee me a healthy Michael Thomas... You know, give me the Saints. Yeah, give, give, give me the. But I, they're just—they're an ugly. They, they're like the epitome of of the NFC. If you want to know what the <laughs> NFC as a whole is, just look at the Saints, because you That's, can squint like and that. they can win yeah. twelve games, yeah. or they might win fucking four. Who knows? Like, yeah. 
And that's what the NFC is. Like, none of these teams seem to really have, not none, a lot of these teams don't really have an identity. They just seem ugly on paper. Definitely winnable, but going into New Orleans, you just talked about, you know, you expect the the Chargers game to be heavily Bears. Ain't shit heavily Bears in New Orleans, baby. That no. crowd is going to be there. That, that dome yeah. is going to be going nuts. And that's going to be, again, like, these are the things... I know it sounds stupid. You know, there's the Homer Bears fans who are like, 17 and old, the Bears, the deep dish pizza. Yeah, shut the fuck up, right? Like, <laughs> but th- these are the things that I'm looking for. This is a young team yeah. with an ascending quarterback. Can you go in and win this game? Can you go in? And, I mean, even like, the, you know, where you would take it a step forward, right? Maybe start drinking some Kool-Aid here. Can you go into New Orleans in a hostile environment like that and dominate, right? Like, that's what you're, that's what you're looking for. Again, winnable on paper, but that environment... This is the first. This is the first game where I'm thinking like environment. Kansas City probably too, but they're just a superior team. They can play in our backyard. Yeah, I, don't and, and, it, I don't think if they were in Chicago. Yeah, right. That's at all. That, that's what I mean. Like this one, roster. I think I, I like the Bears roster a little bit better. Quarterback a little bit. I mean, maybe even a wash because Derek Carr's a different type of quarterback. He's a good quarterback, but that that that's a hostile. That's the first environment that you're going into. That you know is is going to be tough. It's going to be very very tough. So. You know, I'm, you're, you're going to be looking at things like, is Luke Getzey going to be prepared for silent snaps? Is, is he going to be drawing that up the week before? Is, is the offensive line really gelled at that point to know when there are silent snaps and, and pre-snap motions and just everything? Like, they could lose this game just based off of crowd noise, uh, you know, and, and getting themselves in third and longs because they're making simple mistakes that, you know, they, they shouldn't be. So that, that's going to be an interesting one, man. That's one that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and that's a really good point because this team does, you know, one of the best things they did last year was was how how they just like did not get penalized very often, right? They were a very sound football team. Granted, then all the injuries started happening and they kind of lost their <laughs> way a little bit. But but that is you you brought up a really good point, and I think it kind of more attributes to potentially the next game uh, a little bit more even that week ten Thursday night game against the Panthers, which I I, I got to be honest, Frank. Before we talk about the game itself, I, I do not like, first of all, I don't like Thursday night games at all anyways, <laughs> but multiple Thursday night games, like what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah. What are, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Well, there and, was, there is, I, I forgot what I was listening to. There's a team that has four Thursday night games, I think this year. Oh, well, I, while we're talking, I'm going to be, I'm going to be looking that up. I might, uh, maybe to, I'm going crazy. I, I I was like halfway listening to it. I don't know if it was a YouTube video or what, um, but There's, anyways, yeah. Um, no, I was I was just gonna say like that's a game that that the Bears should dominate because that's an inferior, in my opinion, uh, an inferior football team. Uh, the Panthers are not as good as the Chicago Bears, I don't think. Granted, we'll see kind of how that offense works with Bryce Young if he's if he's playing at that point, um, or if it's Andy Dalton still holding on for that job for dear life, um, which is just legitimately hilarious. Um, but ultimately the bear, like Matt Eberflus had a chance to dominate games last year and, and he just didn't do it. There was, they, they won relatively big a couple times, I believe, but like they just, I, I want to see that killer instinct from him. And, and it was something I was complaining about last year. I know I was definitely more of a complaint, not even going to say it was a legitimate, uh, you know, cry, but like, give me something, give me a little something show, go, go and kick a team's ass. Like that's yep. that's what I want to see. I th- I feel like that's kind of the next step that this team sort of has to take. And and but you know what the the angle that you had last year because because of, of the situation was the Bears have nothing to lose. Why are you punting on fourth and one? 
that 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 you can scale that to a game from a defensive head coach that's being more conservative, saying like, let's just keep it close and the defense will win us the game, or we can just make timely you know plays on offense. You know, if Carolina is an inferior team the way that you're describing them, that can't be a close. I don't want to say can't be a close game, but at the very least, pull away in the fourth quarter. If you have a lead going into the fourth, you're not going to sit there and, and bleed clock. You're going to put your you know your foot on their neck and 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 off them like you, you you can't let them stick around um that said I do think I'm a little bit higher on Carolina I don't look at them as like bottom of the barrel the way I do Las Vegas I still think that it's a winnable game and I think the Bears should win that game but I like what they've got going on defense I I, I really do I, I I still think they ultimately fucked up not taking Justin Fields a few years ago um but that was the start of them building that secondary and I I, I think um their defensive line isn't bad it's better than the Bears is I, I can I can see the Bears losing that game coming off four days rest, man. You're going into a hostile environment on the fifth and going right back in, you know, go, going back home, granted. But that's a quick turnaround for a team that I don't think is as bad. Like, if they're as bad as you're saying, you know, so be it. But I think they're going to be solid. I, I, I think that's a, I think Carolina's a six, seven win team. I don't think uh, it's the it's the Lions that you're referring to. They do play three Thursdays this year because of Thanksgiving. That's, so I'm wondering. If no, maybe it, may, may, it may have been that. I knew there was a that. team that was playing a like way too many Thursday night games. Yeah. Well, I, it, it won't be Thursday night. I know that. Uh, luckily, the Bears aren't on Thanksgiving this year. So uh, don't have to deal with that. But speaking of the Lions, Frankie, they play them. Week 11. Noon game in Detroit. Uh, listen, I, again... I said this last year, and I, I was a little, I, I, I will fully admit I was wrong about Dan Campbell. He's definitely proved to be a better head coach than I gave him credit for. However, I do still think people overrate him um, it just in total, and I really feel like the Lions are continuously overrated uh, just in general. Like, I do think the Bears will probably more than likely lose this game just being in Detroit. Um and the Lions will be better than the Bears. I, I do believe that as well. But just like, I, it's not, I just don't know where this confidence in the Detroit Lions comes from. I just, I really don't understand it. I, I don't think I ever will. Uh, but that's, you know, your, your your star wide receiver. Oh, I guess he's not the star, but uh, your, your young and upcoming wide receiver, the guy you drafted in the first round gets suspended six games for betting in the facility and he could have just done it from home so good yeah. call there <clears throat> that whole situation there. was really boneheaded but yeah jackie i think me and you feel i mean we we have since last year i'm i'm higher on them as a team I'm, i think i'm higher on that coaching staff to be quite honest with you jack i think detroit's winning this division i, I just think just the way that roster is built okay I, I i think they have the best roster in the division to be to be quite honest so for me, if, if the Bears split with Detroit and if they're as good as I think they are, which isn't, again, isn't, they're not the Eagles. I don't look at them as like, you know, this dominant team. Granted, if, all, if it all comes together, they, they could be. It's, it's going to depend on Jared Goff, you know, being a, a tad bit better than last year and, and other players developing. But I, I, I like the roster a lot, man. I, I, I really do. Um, I think Amon Ross St. Brown is a legitimate wide receiver one that's going to be a t- I mean, just their passing attack in general is going to be a test 
for this secondary because at this point I'm assuming me and you are going to be complaining on a weekly basis about the pressure that the Bears can get on quarterbacks so it's going to be up to the secondary to, to do some things maybe even Allen Williams you know a guy actually who we haven't spoken about with, with our already like pre-complaints about the defensive line that's <laughs> that is what Jack that's one thing where that, that's going to be a part of the season where you're talking about the in the hunt thing that Fox fucking loves the Bears are going to be on that graphic I'm, I, I will I would bet the house on that that is I'm not saying they're going to be in first place I'm just saying they're going to be on that graphic and if we're right that this pass rush isn't there at that point, you're talking about a, a, a division game. You're talking about three straight division games, Detroit, Minnesota, Detroit. Allen Williams has a lot to prove this year. I understand he, he was working with fucking bags of bones at certain points last season, but he did abandon the, uh, the blitz a lot yeah. in games. Too much. For, uh, for too way much. too much on a week-to-week basis. Again, it, that wound up being a great thing. We got the first pick, we got the trade down. I, I get all that, but let's look in a vacuum here in a moment. You're talking about a team that wants to win games. Your defensive coordinator lets you down. This year, I'd, and, and it was sort of brushed under the rug, and maybe rightfully so. It was a losing team, you know, for, for all the outcomes that happened. We're happy about it. But this year, they're, they, they're going to be actively looking to, to win and potentially make the playoffs in a weak NFC. And if they can't get a pass rush, we need Alan Williams to start drawing up you know, uh, better stunts, better blitzes, whether that's corners, safeties, linebackers. And, and th- th- I think the, the frustrating thing was last year when he did it, it worked. And he just sort of stopped. I mean, it, it, it's why the linebacker you traded in week six or whatever was like third in sacks on your team and your safety was number one because the blitzes worked. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, it's going to be big in these division games, especially late. What is Alan Williams going to do here? Because I'm expecting, if Jared, you give, say what you will about Jared Goff. He's a above-average quarterback that if you give him time, he's going to fucking dice you up. We've seen 400-yard passing games from this dude. He's he, not a he bad might, quarterback. He, People can make no. fun of him all they want. He is a he, good he quarterback. Might a top, he might be a top-five quarterback in the NFC. I think he's the best, as it stands right now, I think he's the best in the division, at least. I trust him. Uh, I, I trust him more than I trust Kirk. Justin has the most fair, potential, Jared. and it's not close. He, he Jared Goff did go to a Super Bowl. Her cousins has been to a Super Bowl. That yeah, I mean it's you know uh, again people can make fun of him, but above average to good quarterbacks do things in the NFL. They do very they can do very good things in the NFL. So um, winnable on paper, sure. But fuck, man, if we split with the Lions, if they're as good as I think they are, I'm going to be very happy with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it sounds like you feel you feel a tad bit you know feel a tad bit different. I just they're, they're they're just one of those teams, one of those franchises like the Browns, the Jaguars. Prove it. Oh, I, like, I, I get it. I get it. To, like, and I'm not saying that you're you, you don't say that. I'm just saying prove it, because these these bad friends, you know, the, 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 there's always that one team that people fall in love with in the offseason. They do something really like I, I'll never forget. God, well, it, well, I guess I will forget because it's the Browns, and I don't really give a shit about the Browns. But like there was that one off season where they, you know, with Baker and they were going in and everybody was like, here we fucking go. And they just fucking shit the bed and we're like six and 10 or something like that. Like, it's just like, it's constant with these franchise and great. I would say arguably out of those three teams I mentioned, the Jaguars actually have proven it more or less when they have a good roster. That's fair. Um, You know, I expect them to, to be the class of the AFC South. And I don't really know how much of that is like a, you know, the bar probably isn't super high, but um, the way that you talk about the Lions is how I feel about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I just, like, I don't know. I, I think it's because the Lions always lose that people kind of get behind them a little bit. 
I feel like that's kind of what happened with the Cubs for a very long time. Like people would be like, oh, wouldn't that be fun if the if the Cubs won? And then they just continuously don't meet expectations. Just show me. Show me if you're going to be, you know, the, the Lions made some changes in that running back room. They have David Montgomery now. They have Jameer Gibbs. Out go DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. You know, I they have a very good pass rush, the Lions do. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't dislike the Lions. I just don't understand why people talk about them like they're one of the best teams in the league. And I know that's not how you talk about no. them. You just like them for what they are, which is very fair. I think, I think they're, they're supremely talented. Fair. Yeah, I think they have a lot yeah. of talent on both sides of the ball. But I, I, I think the, the way that the way that I talk about the Chargers of like, sure, you won your 10 games this year, prove it in the playoffs. Yeah. I think that's the same to a lesser degree because the Lions still have to make the playoffs and win the division. I was but say, like, how about make the playoffs? Yeah, no, 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 right. But it's the same sentiment of like, sure, you're yeah. you can have all this talent, and do all this, but you're still the same old franchise that you always been. I, that, that, I think that's a fair sentiment to have. But uh, again. To me, it's like, I think we can sometimes be a victim of the algorithms. It's more of the, the Lions fans that pump this shit. That franchise hasn't. They're just going about their business. Dan Campbell was a little bit more of a rah-rah guy. I, I think I may like that a little bit more than, than you do. Um, but The crying I, is, is too much for me. Ah, there's some there's something about a, a, <laughs> a, a muscular man that cries that just shows the duality well, of man. I, I love I, it. I want to say I want to make this very clear. I yeah I, I if, you're if pro, you you're pro crying don't don't yeah yeah absolutely if if you need to cry have a good cry I just like it it feels very and like maybe it's maybe I'm wrong because I genuinely feel like he he does feel those emotions but like <laughs> there's just something about they're very theater esque about it that that makes me feel like. Oh, you think it's a little phony? Oh, a little bit. Okay. I get it. I get it now. I, I don't think it is, so that's uh, why I feel it feels more genuine to me. But, I yeah. mean, if you have the feel of phony, it is what it is. I, I feel that way about certain players across every league. Like, there's just this manufacturedness to it. I, I agree. And and maybe he's just good at, at the fear element. And, and, again, I do think there is those emotions are there. I just think sometimes he maybe hams it up a little bit. Uh, but if you're wondering why we're spending so much time on the Lions, it's because, as Frank mentioned, the next two games uh, will be it's the Lions at home, or excuse me, in Detroit. Then they play the Vikings on the road uh, on that Monday night game. Again, talked about that. That's an easy W. Don't even question it. Uh, and then <laughs> and then week 13 is their bye, another, another late bye for them. Yep. Not sure how I feel about that. And then Frank, we'll get into the bye week in a second. But then it's uh, the, they host the Lions noon game at home. Uh, Frank, let's talk about the bye a little bit. Week week thirteen is is the Bears bye. Mm-hmm. How do how do you feel about that? Do you like that they're that they kind of get into a rhythm of those games? Do you kind of wish it was maybe more closer to the middle of the season? What what do you, how do you feel about that? I, I felt the way last year, Jack, but now it's just like. I really don't know because I don't know how much of an effect it really had. Um, the only negative that I can think of that I hope isn't even the case because I want Justin to stay in the pocket more, throw more, or, or not necessarily just stay in the pocket, but like just throw more than just use his legs like he was forced to last year. Um, but you could think like if he is forced to run, if the offensive line is just as bad as it was last year and he's on track for another 1,000-yard rushing season, his legs may be gone by then versus like if there was a week eight, you know what I mean? You're sort of midway through the year and it feels a little better. 
other than that, I don't know if there really is a competitive advantage to it. The only thing that I am looking for, and this is going to be, I have two points here because I don't think we have to talk individually about Minnesota and Detroit again. We, we already have. Um, will this regime be susceptible to really bad performances after a bye? That, that's, a, that's a huge red flag for me. That, that was one of the first red flags in the Nagy regime of like, what the fuck did y'all do in the bye week? Because you came back and looked like you haven't played football a day in your life. It, it, it was bad. So that, that's one. Two, just this whole stretch of games. Jackie, they go 0-3 here. There's no playoffs. Point blank, yeah. period. It doesn't matter how many. Even if that means they still make the playoffs, they will not have. To me, this is this, this is the stretch of the season. Those three games in particular, you got to show me the dog inside of you. You, you. This is three straight division games. That, I'm not saying go 3-0, and but I'm saying you can't. If you go 2-1, and I'm happy. I'm, I'm feeling good. You go 0-3, maybe even 1-2, and and all the games are close. Cool. You, you lose all three of those, Jack. You, you, you're going to lose me. That brings up an excellent point, Frank. This is kind of a bogus thing by the NFL schedulers to have this kind of <laughs> this kind of window. Granted, I, I will say they did help the Bears out by giving them that buy. I do think if you're going to have a buy that late, it better be in a three-divisional game window. I, I, I don't really like that they're playing three straight divisional games. It's like, a little weird, yeah. Break it up a little bit more. Like, you you know, it, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, but, yeah, that... Looking back on it, I don't think it should be understated how important that window, that window into how Matt Nagy was as a head coach. Like looking back on it, that was it was something that you and I had noticed and were <laughs> ultimately became like a joke amongst Bears fans. It was like, oh well, you know, we just won six straight. We're coming off the bye though. You know, here comes the the, the losing streak, and that's pretty much what happened every single time. I think it was a really, really good indicator of how that team was being responsible, like being prepared, um, being ready to go. And, and it's just a weak point for Matt Nagy and, and that entire regime. So yep. I agree. I, I think this will be a good challenge for the Bears that three, that this might be their toughest stretch in the schedule just overall. Um, you get it is, some yep. nice, you know, some nice fillers in between certain games. Three straight divisional games is, is tough. That's 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 very tough. Agreed. Um, so yeah, great, great point by you. Uh, week fifteen, there's a TBD game uh, for the Cleveland Browns. I feel like I've seen that more uh, this year than than any other year before. There's been a, quite a few TBD, um, yep. you know, dates. I'm, I'm assuming. I, I'm not quite sure why the Bears going to Cleveland might potentially be, uh, you know, either whether it's going to be a Monday night game, a, a Sunday night game. Maybe no, it's going to be a fucking Thursday night. Game no, no, that. Jackie. There's going to be some Friday games this year. Yeah, there's going to be so, so they're, like they're, the TBDs like, are for Friday potential night. Fridays. I don't either. I don't like Friday night at all. There's not even a channel list. So I guess that makes sense. That yeah, because Friday it's, night football. Come on, man. Like I know it's God, gross. Fantasy football is going to suck this. That's year, the Frank. only thing that I thought of is they keep adding fucking days. It's like what are we? There's a questionable guy on Sunday, so you're you know you're forced to start someone on a Friday. Or you you plug in the guy who's questionable for Sunday. He's out. You rush your guy that was supposed to be there on Friday. Like, ooh, commissioners everywhere are trembling. Uh, but that Browns game, Frank. What do we think, Jackie? I this one I'm a little conflicted about. To be quite honest with you, I I I, I there's a world in which Cleveland's really fucking good this year. Agreed. I, and, and at that point, we're gonna know if they're really good. Like we're not catching an early. Cleveland, we're, we're catching a Cleveland that Deshaun Watson has his connection. He has his massage parlors. He's fucking lubed up and ready to go, baby. 
And there's a world in which they just beat the brakes off us that. If we're coming off a 0-3 stretch in the division, a little down on themselves. I do, I will say, no, yeah. no, I, I do like, I like Cleveland's roster a lot. This year, the reason why I say there's a chance for them to be really good, Jack, is because this year truly does, as cliche as it sounds, quarterback's the most important position in football. If he is back to being himself, that's a dangerous fucking team. They're in the they're in the AFC, so they may ultimately win like nine or ten games and sneak into the playoffs because the competition's tough. But you're talking about they're playing an NFC team that that week. They're not playing, you know, the Chiefs. They're yeah. playing a, a a probably more middling Bears team. And in a world where Deshaun Watson gets his shit together and he doesn't look like the worst quarterback in the league, you know, for a four week stretch, they've got the offense. They certainly have the defense. The running game, they still have Chubb unless he's hurt at that point. But I mean, they. Just plug in fucking Dearness Johnson and he'll he'll do the same thing, right? I mean, running backs are running backs. Um, I don't know, dude. I really don't like. I, I I'm more inclined to say the elite talent that Deshaun Watson is, minus the off the field. I, I feel like I always have to say that because someone's gonna comment and say, "Hey, guy on the right, why didn't you tell him the fuck that fucking Deshaun Watson's an awesome man?" And also fix your fucking headphones. And fix your right? fucking headphones. But um, oh, I don't know, Jack. I don't. I don't. I don't know if this is or not. I I I'm more inclined to think that he figures it out that he gets it yeah. back together and that this is a really good team. Yeah. I'm going into this year expecting Deshaun Watson to be back to playing like yep. Deshaun Watson, yep. another off season, a full off season with Amari Cooper, with Donovan people's Jones. Like they, they have a, they just got Elijah Moore too. I, I like this roster. It will all depend. Well, not all, I should say it will mostly depend on two things. Number one is Deshaun Watson. The other is going to be Kevin Stefanski. Is he the coach? that everybody yeah. talked him up to be. Is he the guy that can lead this team uh, to have an elite offense? Was it all Baker Mayfield or was it not? That That's really going to be the two biggest question marks for this Cleveland team. Um, it's in Cleveland, which is not an easy place to play. Those fans, regard, you know, th- goddamn. That is probably the closest thing you could compare to Cubs fans is, is probably Cleveland. Like a team that just, it doesn't matter win or lose that those fans are going to be out there. I was just, thinking Raiders fans are in that ballpark too. Cowboys fans. Well, except uh, the Cowboys uh, won three titles. Yeah. Cowboys fans are fucking losers. Fuck them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think that'll be a really, really good game. Uh, unless it's on Friday night. I, I won't like that. Um, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday, 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 uh, evening, uh, late afternoon. Um, Christmas Eve, Frankie. Merry Christmas. Arizona Cardinals at home. It's going to be a cold, cold fucking game, Frank. Yeah, it uh, is. That being said, this should be an easy dub. Yeah. The way... Even that if I'm, Kyler's back. I, I'm going to be honest with you, Jack. I don't know how much we're going to talk about the Cardinals, so I'm just going to get this takeoff right now. I think the Cardinals are going to win two, three games. They're going to tank. They're not... They're, I don't think Kyler's playing this year. I think he's getting traded next offseason, as a matter of fact. I think I think that's the play. I think the New England Patriots trade for go, Kyler. Uh, go K. Now, I, I don't know who's going to trade for who. Who, who knows well, who's going to need I'm, a quarterback? I'm just, I'm just, listen, I'm just saying any franchise trading for Kyler Murray. I don't think it's going to be that one in Boston. They uh, maybe don't. Uh, yeah, he didn't fit. He didn't, he, didn't fit. he didn't fit. He didn't fit what they like to do. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, 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 I think right? I, again, even let's just say the Bears have a bad stretch. Detroit, yeah. Minnesota, Detroit. Cleveland, I'd say they go one and three in that stretch. This still is a prove it game. Prove that you're not bottom of the barrel. Because I think Arizona's a two, three win team. Sure. Four, maybe they're in the NFC. They might pull out a fucking win if they're not supposed to. And it, it can't be against the Bears. What if they draft Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison one, two? 
God, that would be a dream. All right, let me ask you this. Let me <laughs> let me ask you. That'd this. be nice. A totally, totally unfair question to ask, but I have to. I want to. Mm-hmm. What would you rather have, Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. or yep. yep, Justin Fields and DJ Moore? I mean, we I, have no I'm idea in, what the other two will be. <laughs> no, I know, but I, I, I'm I'm inclined to say Justin Fields and DJ Moore, not from any sort of homer standpoint. I, I, I again, the the older that I get, the more that I, especially coming off the Mitch Trubisky experiment into this, I think you really can't undervalue the actual development of a quarterback. We're we still need to see develop more development from Justin, but we've seen actual progress from him. Absolutely, like the same way that there's someone that you know the fucking. Jag with us podcast is <laughs> talking about it's talking about Trevor Lawrence. Like they've seen tangible progress. You know what I mean? Like, dude, that's a great name for a podcast. It's a fucking I, that we need to become. We need to maybe we'll make. Maybe, uh, dude, maybe we'll we record on Wednesdays. Podcast. We record our Jaguars pod, podcast yeah, on we'll, Wednesdays. We'll be, we'll be a spinoff podcast called yeah. Jag with us. I like that one. Um, that's good. <laughs> but, but no, I, I'm you, you get what I'm saying though. Like the real no. NFL reps, the real development. Like Caleb Williams seems to have all the talent in the world, but so do a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, like it, it's the, he, the, Justin Fields has shown actual tangible progress as a thrower, as a runner, as an athlete. His his processor, his that processing speed. Like we've seen it. So it's hard for me. It, 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 I feel like it's more of a sure thing right now. Yeah, I, I, I believe I've said this on the podcast before, but uh, if there was, because I think we talked about it when we were talking about the quarterbacks of this draft class, and I would take Justin Fields over every single one of the quarterbacks that came out of this class right now. Yeah. I I I would not say the same for Caleb Williams. I, I've yeah. fallen in love with that kid. Like I, I think he's going to be very, very good. Uh, and, I, and Marvin Harrison Jr., like, as, as a big OG Marvin Harrison fan it back in the, in, in my, in my youth. It's very, very cool to see him like, cause I mean, fuck, like you think about how many juniors there have been since in, in our days growing up, uh, you know, Ken Griffey, what was it? Ken Griffey's kid, right? He, he was in the NFL for a little bit. He sucked. Uh, was he really fatty, fattiest Moss? Yeah. He played oh, for yeah I remember Colts, Thad I Moss. Yeah. Fat, Fad Moss. He, he ended up being bad. So like, just to see it like work out, for once. Well, Joey you know, Porter, Joey Porter should work out. Joey Porter. Chase Claypool better, better have a better season than Joey Porter. I don't know how you, how you compare the two, but let's just say. You can't, but we will. Better work out. We but will. I, oh, but yeah. I believe we'll you, Michael. <laughs> we'll, find, we'll find a way. Uh, yeah, that Cardinals game should be uh, a good test to see if they're yeah, you know, as, as terrible as they are. Speaking of being terrible. Well, no, I guess I shouldn't say it like that. Yeah, no, uh, I. New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve game, noon. That'll be a fun way to celebrate the New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, happy New Year. Uh, at home against the Atlanta Falcons. Nice little revenge game against Ryan Pace. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I, I mean, right. I, how do you feel about the Falcons? Let's, that's let's that's what I was just going to say, Jack. Like, I, I, it's hard to say. I'm not sold on Desmond Ritter. I, I didn't hate him as a prospect. I thought he was a solid prospect. But they have a lot of fucking offensive weapons, dude. And he may either just hold them back or he may be in a system that allows him to like make easy throws and sort of get the ball, you know, get the 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 ball in the hands of playmakers. I don't fucking know. I I I legitimately don't. I mean their defense isn't 
horrible. They're they're. Uh, I'm checking the stats right now. Okay, maybe their defense was not horrible, but they were. I thought they were more middle of the pack than than what they were. Um. Oh yeah, they gave up a lot of passing yards. Never mind. Okay, yeah. uh, that, that negates my point. Um. <laughs> but that offense could be really fucking good, dude. I mean, that offense, there's a chance. All Desmond Ritter with those weapons, all he has to be is average, potentially even below average. You can be up and down, but you have a Carson Wentz type of year. But those ups may be really high with the weapons that they have. Kyle Pitts, I know we make fun of tight ends, but he's supremely talented. Drake London. Kyle Pitts, if I'm being honest with you. B. John Robinson. I like B. John Robinson. I like I like their second. Uh, who, who, who was their wide receiver, too? I'm blanking on it, but I like him as well. Well, they have, they have Matt Collins. You know they have uh, they have Scotty Miller, right? They have uh, they have Jared Bernhardt. Uh, the second receiver you might be thinking of is probably gone, uh, but they do have a good. Was I thinking of Zacchaeus? I know yeah, he's gone. Yeah, Zacchaeus is in the Eagles now. Yeah, uh, they have a good offensive line, right? Caleb McGarry was a guy we talked about at right tackle that uh, in free agency the Bears might have been able to sign him. Didn't end up happening. Uh, but if you'll recall, I believe you and I both had. Uh, Desmond Ritter as either our quarterback two or quarterback three in that previous draft class. I think I might've had him as my quarterback two. I had him at uh, three. I was tempted I, to move him to two. I, I, man, I'm curious to see what happens with Malik Willis now. Um, because that feels like a thing where teams have just, uh, the team that drafted him and, and knew that he was going to be a project have just completely given up on him. And, and granted, you know, they, they spend a lot more time with him than, than you or I, Frank. So maybe they know something that we don't, but it's pretty, it's, it's pretty shocking to see them sort of just give up on, on a guy that kind of was talked about the way that Anthony Richardson was talked about yep. this, this past draft class. And granted, I think Anthony Richardson will probably be, end up being uh, more likely to be a better player than Malik Willis. Uh, but I, I'm very curious to see what happens with that. But getting back to the Falcons, I like Desmond Ritter. Um, I like him a lot more than than other people do. I think he fits kind of that dual threat weapon, uh, that that dual threat quarterback weapon that you kind of need in today's NFL. There's going to be a quarterback that kind of takes uh, a Jalen Hurts type jump where it's like drafted outside of the first round guy you know has a certain skill set and we'll see if he can develop. It might be Desmond Ritter. Um, cause I just think he's in the best position out of probably, uh, well, not probably out of all of those rookies. Yes. Though, those, uh, the, the quarterbacks from last year, I should say the second year quarterbacks to succeed. He's got the weapons. He's got the height. Drake London, I think is just a really, really good. He's going to be a very good player. And you got one of the, probably one of the best running backs in the NFL already. Yeah, um, probably so behind him. Yeah, and, and will, not for nothing, Tyler Algier is pretty fucking good too. And, oh, and also and they still have Cordero, Cordero Patterson. Yeah, I mean, um, I think the only situation you can say is potentially better is uh, Kenny Pickett's. I, I, I like still like their weapons, and you know, not for nothing, there's gonna be a lot of people drafting Deontay Johnson in the fourth or fifth when you can just get the guy who's gonna outproduce him in the sixteenth, and Allen Robinson. So. A lot of weapons, a lot of weapons over in Pittsburgh. Jackie, are we ready to move on to the final uh, game of the week, uh, game of the year? Why you gotta throw? <laughs> why you gotta do that? Uh, but no, it's be, uh, you know, I listen real quick about Kenny Pickett. I, I received a lot of uh, backlash from a certain co-host uh, when I the guy announced on the left. that Kenny Pickett was my <laughs> guy on the left. 
Uh, gave me a lot of shit for having uh, Kenny Pickett over Mr. Malik Willis. It was still racially motivated, and I stand it by was, that. It was fucking not, all right? <laughs> Listen, just because I said Justin is a running back at least five times, all right, doesn't yeah. mean that it's racially yeah. motivated, okay? Fucking get that right. Uh, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, the Packers, Week 18, TBD. Uh, fuck knows what that means, but, like, Man, I, I hope this game only matters in the sense that they're either uh, getting a better draft pick or they've already made the playoffs and this game doesn't mean shit. Yeah, no, that those are the options, Jackie. Doo, 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 doo. The San Antonio Spurs have got the number one pick. Wembenya, welcome on down to Greg Popovich Island. What did the Bears or what did the Bulls get? All right. Well, that was probably the lottery thing just started. So they're probably, so it's the Spurs, Hornets, Trailblazers, and Rockets. That means the Bulls have officially lost their first round pick. Oh, that pick will be going to the Orlando Magic. So, oh, nice. Thanks, Uh, Mujovic, you fucking piece of shit, stupid ass European bitch. Go eat some beans, you cunt. It's pretty incredible that the that the uh, NBA just completely rigged that draft for the San Antonio Spurs. You knew it was going to fucking happen. So yeah. Anyway, oh, wow. um, no, I you, you're right. If if either team is in the playoff hunt, winning in, that's going to be a, a prime time game. Bears Packers Week 18. It doesn't get better than that. I will say, regardless of whether or not the Bears are in the playoff hunt, like if they're winning, they're in, or or what. This this is a time where I'm really looking at the Bears to to beat the Packers. Again, week one is, is fucking week one. I hate that we have to do it, but I still want to beat them. This is when, if both teams are relatively healthy, especially both quarterbacks, this is when you talk about killer instinct, you talk about guy, you, this regime buying into being the Chicago Bears. You know, say what you will about Lovey. People had their complaints towards the end. That motherfucker wanted to beat the Packers. Like, he he knew to gain the trust of the of Bears fans, you you go and you beat the Packers. And that can potentially be, you know, uh, a cherry on top of a good playoff season, right? If, if they make it, or, you know, maybe you're the Lions of last year. You you have these ups and downs, but you go off on a high note and potentially even knock the Packers out of the playoffs if they're, you know, the one that needed to win and get in. So I think regardless, that game means something. Uh, you know, maybe more to the fans than anything else. Certainly not the, I think the players think less and less about that, but front offices are, are right in that with fans. Ownership is right in there with fans. It, it does mean something to them. Players are just another game. They didn't grow up Bears fans, all of them necessarily, and the Packers didn't grow up Packers fans. But, you know, that is building a culture there. It's building a culture of, of, of you know, beating your division rivals, your longtime hated rivals. And that, to me, regardless of what happens, again, unless, knock on wood, but, like, Fields gets hurt early and it's just a lost season, then I don't give a fuck. But, like, thinking that they may win anywhere from seven to 10 games. That's, that's going to be important regardless if the playoffs are on the line for the bears or not. I want to sweep the Packers. I, I, I want to sweep them every year. Yeah. Start, start getting that, uh, start getting that record, you know, swung back in, in the bears favor, please. Cause uh, I'm tired of hearing Packers fans talk. Uh, the worst outcome is that the, <laughs> the fucking bears, you know, lose both games this year because it's a week one weirdness and then they're not even trying for week 18 and they lose both games to the Packers. Like, that that just would be frustrating. Uh, but ultimately, Frank, I, I think this is a very doable schedule just overall. Um, there are not a lot of issues I have with the schedule outside of that one little 
that little three divisional game window. Yep. I think that's a very tough thing to ask the Bears to do. Uh, granted, I think they helped them out a little bit with the bye week. Um, but there's not, there's really no parts of the schedule that I'm like, hey, I don't really know how that's going to go. But I guess I also don't feel like that only because I, my expectations for the Bears this season aren't super high either. This might be the second lowest expectations I've had for them outside of maybe either last year or potentially even the Andy Dalton season. Wait, my but did expectations you have, were pretty low. We do, did you have high expectations that second Trestman year? That to me was that. probably second. I don't. I don't. Lowest. Count, uh, oh, going into. Yeah. Wait, really? Going into that second year? One hundred percent. All the the fights and shit oh, that were happening in OTAs and like the reports oh. of him losing the locker room. I was <laughs> out on that team. After the after the season ended, I was like, all right, we'll. we'll no, you know, going into year good. two of Trestman yeah. and the the defense being historically bad and then not getting rid of Mel Tucker, I was so out on that whole regime. I fucking hated that whole coaching staff. And the draft class is being pretty. The draft class is being too. fucking dog shit as well. Yeah. So th- this, um, I mean, but no, but you know what though? It's it's. I'm not, I don't have super high expectations, like oh, you know, Super Bowl type of thing. But I have like tame expectations. Be better. But in but in a good way though, not like be, oh here come better. like yeah no I I I, I think they're gonna take a step forward. Whether that means like wh- I'm right there with you, like you said earlier in the episode, it doesn't. Win total still doesn't matter for me this year. Continue to show progress as a full team, but more importantly, Justin needs to keep taking steps forward. If that happens, I will be satisfied whether it's a six-win season or a 10 or 11-win season. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really difficult because you're right. The NFC is not very good. The teams they're playing don't appear to be very good right now. Um, I think there are a couple of Obviously, top tier. Ah, man, I don't even know if I'd say that. I I think they maybe play one top tier team. Like if you were to split these teams in the NFL in total into tiers, I would say they probably play only one of the elite teams in the NFL this season. Yeah, that's also and that could be very good for their record. Yeah, it's also hard to say though because if the Chargers were in the NFC, they would be probably the second best team behind Philly, right? That's that's fair, and 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 again, I, I'm talking right now on, right. on you know in in the middle of May. So who knows what teams will develop into? I mean, the Broncos could be one of those teams that's just going to be the turnaround uh, that we always see. One team that just comes out of nowhere and play, you know just plays incredibly well. That that could be the Broncos, you know, with Sean Payton. It will really depend on what that looks like. Maybe the Lions take off the way that Frank is expecting them to. Um, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is a lot better than I think he will be with the Raiders. Like, there's still so many questions, and teams change so much from year to year. It's it's really difficult to just sort of project, especially based off of the te- how the team looked last year. Um, but overall, I mean, I don't really think, you know, I personally would not put the Chargers in the elite category. And same. for the same reason you, you talked about Sean Payton and we've talked about Kevin Stefanski and we talked about Matt Eberflus. Brandon, Brandon Staley, like, I, he didn't do anything for me. Like, he just, I I, I, I don't know. I, I don't see it. Maybe that's why they brought in Kellen Moore. Maybe he's going to be his replacement, you know, middle of the season if things aren't going very well. Um, we'll, we'll have to see. But overall, I think this is a very doable schedule for the bears to compete with. 
Um, at the very least, there should be some entertaining games in there outside of that one Thursday night game in Washington. I expect that to just be a complete shit show, Frank. No, come on, cut it out. The bear, the Bears have to make up for last year. Darnell Mooney better have fucking, fucking 200 yards. They wear those fucking orange jerseys for chalk it up as an L. I Jackie, hate those fucking jerseys. I never want to see him again. Get I him out of here. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but my wife hates that take. And no one fucking makes my wife feel that way, Jack. You understand me? You piece of shit. She loves those orange jerseys. She loves them. I'll tell you what. She clearly has good taste because she's the one who came up with the name of this podcast. But she's fucking dead wrong on on the orange Producer, can we cut that out? Can we we get that last portion cut cut out, please? Thank you. You know what I want? Here, here. I'll give you an alternative. Instead of the orange gross shit with the orange disgusting ass fucking fucking go. Here you fucking go. Give me, give me the blue helmets with the white seat. The white, they're just the blue with like the off white. I like that. Those are old school. Those are retro. Give me, give me that. You know, enough with the orange. Orange does not look good. Name me, give me one good team out of any sport in the history of the world that's been good wearing orange. You can't. Tennessee, Candace Parker winning championships. No, they're they're, they're, they're burnt orange is nice though. You got to give him that. I don't give a shit about what, what are you, what are we even fucking talking about here? Wait, you just Alex? said, you said name a fucking team. Oh, you meant a pro sports team. Oh, there are none. <laughs> I thought you just, you said name any team. That's what you just told me to do. And I named a fucking I, team I mean, and all of a sudden I mean, they're not I good guess, enough. I, guess, I just I didn't realize you didn't, you didn't respect black Queens that way, Jack. I didn't realize, well, I didn't realize you that you were, you didn't support black women. My fault. My bad. We can end. Producer, we can end now. Producer, producer, cut, cut that one off. <laughs> can we get there? No fucking. <laughs> uh, no, orange is disgusting. It's a gross ass color. Fuck the creamsicle jerseys that Tampa Bay's bringing back. I don't understand why people like them. It's the same shit with the neon green Seahawks jersey. Oh, Fuck God. Those pound for Terrible. pound might be the ugliest. Those are fucking gross. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Was there a game in like 2005 where the Bears played the Seahawks and they both wore it was like the neon green and the orange jerseys in one game? Am I making that up? Are you, I don't know. I don't remember. I hope I not. I feel like there was. But like even those orange jerseys were better than what? Cause no, they were because like the we've, burnt... we've talked about it. Those yeah, were the burnt orange. And now they're like this weird like cherry orange. I don't know. And, it's... Not, with the, and not with the orange helmets get, get can we bring back here, can we can we bring back the white on white with the blue helmets those are so sexy i would like that yeah or even yeah, white I'd on like blue that. like the dark navy blue give me i i, I like let's, the white jerseys i really do let's 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 be they're just hard working jerseys and, first jerseys and, in the in the wash last jerseys maybe, out yeah see a jersey you can say. wear you can wear to my daughter's wedding you know what i mean Give me, give me the Reebok jerseys. High any I, fucking day. High IQ jerseys, Jack. I <laughs> ones who will we sit down. Make, we should make skits. We film. need to make skits. Yeah, yeah. Ones who watch the film. All right, those jerseys put in the work. They're in first in, last out. Those jerseys. First, first in the load, last out of the load. Yep. They get washed twice. Frank knows something about loads. God damn it. Um. Anyways, uh, we're, we may have to have a, a jersey. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we may have to have a uh, a jersey ranking uh, of, of Ooh, all the that teams. would be fun. 
Yeah, or even that. Well, maybe not a ranking, Jack. Maybe like our favorite uniform no, from every team. No, fuck that. We're gonna put teams well, no, because, like their teams on the bottom. But no, right? but wait. But do you, I mean, you can pick an ugly jersey from almost any team. So I feel like we have to pick our favorite jersey and then Bullshit. rank them. Because what are you? You're jersey? gonna pick the fucking Bears orange jersey versus like a beautiful jersey from someone else, like the fucking black and gold uh, Steelers. You can't do that. Well, well, no, I'm going to put the Packers on the bottom because they're by far. Well, well no, no they're on. all whites. They're I'm all whites brown. are nice, too, though. So wait, Browns, so don't already, have, are... Browns don't have a good jersey. They're all ugly. No, they don't. They're all ugly. So maybe that's, maybe that's how we can rank ball. them, though, all together. That's what I was thinking. Oh, okay. I thought you meant, like, like one jersey. No, 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 no. I mean, we could. That would take no, about yeah, five that wouldn't be fun. in a row. Yeah, the Browns uh, have but... pound for pound the worst. The Steelers, yeah, their throwbacks are probably... They're gross, and, but and, they're... and that and that could be part of the ranking. I think I think we should have that conversation. I think that'd be a very fun episode, and uh, a lot of fans will get angry with us uh, because there are some fans out there that like certain jerseys, uh, and there's some fans that uh, they I I believe aren't as good. Like like, I... brown and orange. Dude, I'm telling you, orange is just a bad color. Wait, who is who's, who's brown and orange? The Browns. They have fucking orange. Are oh, their kidding? helmets are orange. They got the lettering. It's orange, too. Oh, yeah, you're right. Hey, you know who has some underrated jerseys? I like Buffalo's jerseys. No, let's let's Indy, say that. Indy. But blue Dude, blue is my favorite I, color, though, so I feel like it's going to be skewed heavy. Like, even Tennessee, those those light blue Tennessees, ooh. When 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 the Bills switched over from the uh, from the Ryan Fitzpatrick era, or, like, in, going into, like, when Ryan Fitzpatrick was really good, like, who was their quarterback? Like, Trent Edwards or something like that? Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. And they had, like, yeah. the blue on blue with the red helmets. When T.O. was, was on oh, the fucking yeah. Buffalo Bills, remember that? They, they had those ugly, I never liked the Bills jerseys. And then as soon as they switched to the, like, the white with the blue and the red, boom. They, they have yeah. some of the best jerseys in the league. See, but I even I like... to do a ranking. I, I like I like Detroit's I all. Really fun. I like Detroit's light blue. Carolina's light blue. I think the pound for pound for me, Chargers. I I, I had to fucking LT powder blue. Jer- Ooh, they, they I love they it. Have fucked it up though with the, the the different combinations with like the yellow pants sometimes and then like the the, the yellow light pants blue are gross. Top. It knocks yeah, it down a little bit. Just the jersey. Yeah. I like blue. I I like I especially like baby blue. Yeah, that's a good one. I think this would be a very fun episode to do. But even uh, Detroit's know, got... blue. Detroit's blue reminds me of Cubby blue. It's a te- it's a shade lighter, but it, I, it's I like it. Honolulu blue. That's Honolulu uh, blue. I see. Yeah. yeah. So this could be a very fun episode. I think we're gonna have to do this. I think yeah, we're gonna we, have to let's, rank uh, our, let's, our let's get it on. Let's get it on our calendar. We should yeah, have. We should have a calendar. Don't don't make a commitment because we're terrible with, with sticking to our calendar. Yeah, we but, are. But. Uh, at some point, we will talk about the NFC quarterbacks, the AFC quarterbacks. We will do our jersey rankings. Um, but in the meantime, we really appreciate you guys listening to this edition of the Bear With Us podcast. I'm Jack, a.k.a. Guy on the Right. That's Frank, a.k.a. Guy on the Left. Uh, I, I didn't use earbuds again. I'm, I'm sorry if it breaks your brain that the virtual background behind. I'm not in Hallis Hall. All right? I'm not, I'm not outside right now. This is still the room with all the shit in it. Because I haven't had a chance to, to get, you know, put everything away yet. So. Fucking excuses, Jackie. But Absolutely. That's great what this episode. podcast is all about, baby. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Frankie, I'll talk to you next week, man. Later, Jackie. Later, everybody. Everybody!